0: If you're a fan of Parcast, you know October is our favorite month, and this year we're outdoing ourselves with a whole host of new series and special programming. Search Parcast Network in your favorite podcast app to see what we've been up to. And now, a special treat from one of our favorite podcasts, Crime Countdown. Join hosts Ash and Elena as they count down the top 10 haunted crime scenes including an Irish castle with a trap door that plunged victims to their deaths and an island estate home to a wailing bride who waits for her wedding day. If you like the episode and want to hear more true crime rankings, follow Crime Countdown free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Here are Ash and Elena to take it away.
1: When you spend as much time as we do obsessing over true crime, you come away with a few cold comforts. One, you know how to protect yourself, and at least lower the chances you'll be murdered. And two, you can't get murdered more than once. Unlike being robbed, assaulted, or lied to, once this crime is done, it's final. At least that's what we assume. But some murder victims aren't willing to accept that finality. They come back from beyond to avenge themselves and wreak hell on the living. Today, we're counting down the top 10 haunted crime scenes. Whether you believe in ghosts or not, they are a startling reminder that some crimes remain unfinished and you're never really safe. all you weirdos. Welcome to the ParCast original Crime Countdown. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the ParCast research gods. In this episode, we're counting down the top 10 haunted crime scenes. Ghosts. Ooh. I definitely, I believe in ghosts. Like, I want to say ghosts. I believe yeah. in something. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I've seen some stuff. I can't explain it. That bothers me a lot. Like, I want science to come tell me what that is. Of course you do. But something's going on. I think it's more fun than it's just, like, unexplainable because it, like, leads to the spookiness of it all. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like we were destined to be spooky considering the house that we both grew up in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We both, we definitely grew up in a crazy, crazy haunted house. Insane. Do you remember that one time in the house when I came home, I go to flick on my light outside And my dad's an electrician, so this is not an electrical issue. Nothing is ever (laughs) off in our house. And I flicked on the light, nothing in my room came on. So I'm like, oh, a light bulb blew. And I go in there, I'm checking everything. Every single electronic thing in my room was unplugged. I remember you running downstairs and being like, what? what? Who did this? What did this? Why did this? It was TV, the lights, the clocks, everything. I feel like your room was especially scary because when you moved mm-hmm. out, I got your room. And at one point, even I think we were still in the same room yep. together. I woke up to a little boy reading my book in the corner. I remember and that. And he was dressed in like old timey clothes with like one of those like old timey hats. <laughs> one of those old timey hats. And nobody believed me. I think I like woke you up and you were like, no, it's fine. Go back to sleep. And then the next morning, the book, was laying right over there it's true it was true i believe you now thank you it was damaging (laughs) it was (laughs) the cool part about this countdown is that elena has five haunts and so do i but we don't know which spooky place we'll be heading to next Ooh, let's start the countdown 10 Starting off our list of haunted crime scenes is the Eden Brown Estate on the Caribbean island of Nevis. There are a couple versions of this story, and they all take place before a wedding. Of course they do. Duh. (laughs) Essentially, the groom and the best man, they get into a fight, they pull out their pistols, and they kill each other. Oh. But they're not the ghosts of the Eden Brown Estate. That would be the bride who still roams the estate in a long white gown waiting for her wedding day. Of course she is. They all are. they are always brides dressed in their wedding clothes just waiting for their wedding day at these haunted places. And it's always really sad because I feel like they're also always like crying or like they look very like shocked. They've always been jilted. Yeah, it's not fair. No, I don't like it. Well, in 1822, this bride, Julia Huggins, was set to marry Walter Maynard. His best dude, John Huggins, was going to be the best man. But all was not well. Of course it wasn't. Everyone died. Well, (laughs) spoiler (laughs) alert, Elena. A fight was a Bruin. So there's like multiple stories about what actually happened. And since the story was largely spread by tourism, they all vary a little bit. I feel like the best things and the worst things are always spread by tourism. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, we can account for a lot with tourism. Well, like I said, there's a few theories. The first is that the groom was having an affair and the best man found out. And like that was his sister. So he was like, I'm upset. And then the groom was like, you are a liar. I think that was it. That was it. But there's also some more good ones. Oh, okay. The next one is that the best man like I said, was the bride's brother, and the groom discovered that they were hooking up with each other on the low, and obviously he went a little bananas about that. Oh, a la incest? A la incest. Gross. Big EW. Another theory, we've got another one, says that the bride's father, now that's the dad this time, was tried for mistreating his slaves. And this was in the 1800s, so you know that was real bad. That was a sharp left turn. Sharp left. I pick the groom having an affair. Yeah, that's like the classic. Because then the best man is being a good dude and killed him, died a hero. It's a pretty good rom-com movie, actually. I picked that. I like that one. While some historians think the real story dates back to a historical rivalry between the Maynard and the Huggins families... The plantation itself dates back to the 18th century, and it was at that time a beautiful property, decorated with international furnishings from Africa and China, but today it's in ruins. Oh. Isn't that really sad? That's sad. Tourists claim to hear wails of a crying bride and slaves, and Julia is sometimes spotted in her wedding gown only during the full moon. I don't hate that this is in ruin now. (laughs) What's meant to be will be. Yeah, don't go there. It's a terrible place. at number nine this week is leap castle and i love this one according to ancient legends leap castle is built on an ancient druid holy site Ooh. While we don't know if the druids used the land for human sacrifice, we do know that once the castle was built, it did witness hundreds of murders. I feel like that's just like what castles do. Yeah, any good castle worth its name has seen a few has murders. Has seen hundreds of murders. Yes, you can't be a castle. Yeah. No, it's a qualification. The best part of this place is that it's named after a literal leap off a nearby cliff by an ancient Irish O'Bannon chieftain. Ooh. Yeah. He jumped as a sign of bravery to win clan leadership from his brother. Later, it was taken over by the Bloody (laughs) O'Carrolls. I want to be friends with them because you definitely don't want to be their enemy. Yeah, you don't want to be an enemy of the bloody O'Carrolls. No. Well, they were known for throwing red wedding-esque dinner parties and just straight up killing their guests. That's like the saddest episode of Game of Thrones. So to picture that as real is affecting me. R.I.P. Robb Stark. I will not talk about that episode. We'll never be over it. Well, this was way back in the 1500s. So it is pretty Game of Thrones-ian. It is. (laughs) Yeah. So the O'Carrolls, this is one of my favorite things, they built an oubliette. A what? An oubliette. And what would happen was victims would fall through a trap door into this oubliette. Mm -hmm. And the remains of 150 people were found during a 1920s renovation. So I think we have like three major ghosts that we want to chat about really quick. Hit me up. One of the ghosts is called the Red Lady. It's an O'Carroll hostage. They murdered her baby. Oh, I don't want to be a part of them anymore. This is when I got off the O'Carroll bandwagon. Bye. I was like, all right, you Thanks are not the metal ride. anymore. I'm not in. She's looking for her baby that was murdered. Oh. I know. And then we have Thaddeus O'Carroll, who was a priest killed by his brother in a power grab. Anybody named Thaddeus is okay in my book. Thaddeus is a great name. Duh. The last one that I found was called The Murdered Lady. Was she murdered? No. <laughs> <laughs> we think she was. I wouldn't want to be called The Murdered Lady later in life. She shows up and she's naked, has a, oh. yeah, has a red cloth over her face, and she just screams twice at you and then leaves. That would change you as a person, I think. Like, to which I say, I leave. Yeah. Like, I leave the Milky Way galaxy. I leave so <laughs> far. If that happened to me, I would walk like 500 miles and then I'd walk 500 more. Yeah. Like, that would sh- I would be so far great out of there. That is a great song. That's terrifying to me. No, thanks. So we don't love that. Mm -mm. Well, in the 1600s, after all that crazy O'Carroll business, it changed hands and it went to Jonathan Darby, who fell in love with an O'Carroll daughter. So now it was just all about love, right? Romance. Uh... Everywhere. Well, he still haunts the castle right now. People say he's looking for his lost gold, but I think that's pretty piratey of him. Um, (laughs) The other reports of things happening are doorbells ring with no one there tools move around without being touched um there's like sounds of furniture moving people screaming and then a carpenter that was working on the property once just left and he was like i'm never coming back to work because he walked 500 miles and then 500 more leap castle everybody eight number eight on our countdown of top 10 haunted crime scenes the lizzie borden house Woo-hoo. it's now a bed and breakfast in fall river massachusetts in 1892 andrew and abby borden were victims of horrifying axe murders the slaying was technically never solved so many people think the bordens haunt the house seeking justice I am one of those people. <laughs> we are two of those people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We went there and we're going to get to that at the end of this. First, let's talk about some rhymes. Let's do. I love rhymes. <laughs> Don't you? All the time. Well, the rhyme goes like this Lizzie Borden had an axe, gave her father 40 wax when she saw what she had done. Finish it. Gave her father 41. I think it's mother, but whatever. I oh, don't know. He did the father first, whatever. But <laughs> the rhyme. E- either way, the rhyme is wrong. If we say it is, and in general, it's wrong. It's just wrong because Lizzie Borden took a hatchet and gave her stepmother eighteen or nineteen wax, and then when she saw what she had done, she gave her father eleven. So close. So you see how like that doesn't flow as well? Doesn't. Not doesn't work. Lizzie was seen trying to buy poison the day before the murders. And really, who knows, she actually might have tried to poison her father and stepmother before turning into an axe murderer because it was known that the family was sick for quite some time before the murders. I mean, it makes sense. I'm one of those people who can't really tell either way whether it was Lizzie. But it sounds weird to go from like, I'm just going to poison them to be like, I'm just going to take a hatchet and hack them to death. Like, I think it it's maybe because like she couldn't get any more poison. Oh, that's true. You know? Yeah, it's hard when you can't get any more poison. That's what makes it <laughs> <It's> difficult. <laughs> difficult. It's a roadblock yeah well lizzie was acquitted of both murders but she's the only real suspect and she stayed in fall river inherited her dad's money and lived out her life as a rich pariah as for the haunted happenings people like elena and i who are crazy enough to spend the night at the bnb report chills shakes headaches being shoved All of the above. And honestly, that place, I did not go in there thinking that it was going to have a heavy vibe. I thought it was going to be like spooky and like fun. It was fun, but it was like heavy. Yeah, I left there and I was like really scared. Especially uh, Abby Borden's room. Remember, we tried to do the live stream in her yeah. room, and it like our phones were glitching so bad. Yeah, everybody watching the live stream was like, "What's happening, guys? Are you okay?" We were like, <laughs> like "No, happening? no, we're not." And then the entire tour group, because they give a little tour before you, you know, stay alone for the night, because they just leave you before in there. they just lock you in there. <laughs> they literally do. We were downstairs in the basement, and the whole group was down there, including the tour guides. No one was upstairs, and we. all heard someone upstairs go hello Hello? and all of us turned and looked and we were like what was that and even the tour guide was like yeah i don't know no one's there it was real weird she was like let's move on i don't really know what that is and it definitely wasn't a setup no it wasn't we know it for a fact (laughs) (laughs) it's a weird place go look at it seven At number seven this week is New York City's Chelsea Hotel. The Chelsea is among the most haunted places in New York City. It's a famous punk rock murder site, but its notorious ghost actually ties back to the Titanic. Which I feel like has a lot less punk rock. Titanic's pretty punk rock. I don't know. I don't know about that. (laughs) It stood up on its side. That's punk rock. Okay. It's unsinkable and it sank. Punk rock. So in 1884, it started out as a socialist commune. And then in 1905, it became a luxury hotel. And then it was an art commune slash home for troubled youth. And then it underwent another renovation and became a hotel again. See, that's the problem. All these renovations are stirring up some scary stuff. We all know ghosts hate an HGTV moment. Do not change my house. They don't like it. Love it or list it. There you go. Property Brothers. Let's just name some (laughs) (laughs) some shows. So 1978, Nancy Spungen was stabbed to death. Her boyfriend at the time, Sex Pistols bassist Sid Vicious, likely did it, but he died awaiting trial. Like, come on. He likely Isn't did it. Isn't that the worst? He likely did it. hundred <laughs> percent. Just saying. An alleged uh, Titanic survivor hung herself while grieving her husband, who died on the Titanic. Oh, that's actually just very sad. So she survived. Her husband died. Ah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's, that's heavy. and Yeah, and then she ended up at the hotel. Oh, that's yeah. sad. So she haunts the fifth floor. Now, I read that she's supposedly, like, very vain because she pops up in mirrors, but I'm like, let's just, you know, if she wants to pop up in mirrors, like, she had a lot going on. She lost her husband on the Titanic. She survived the Titanic. If she wants to check out her contour in a mirror, don't judge her. Just have at it. She's not vain. She's just, let her have it. And also, if she's popping up in the mirror, she can't see herself. That's true. Duh. Loophole. Boom. Well, the other ghost that I'm very excited about is called Larry the Hipster Ghost. Into it. Let's go. He loves to chat with guests. He sounds like a sweetheart. We love Larry. And you know what? I now have a post-Rona plan to find and chat with Larry the Hipster Ghost. So thank you, Parcast Research Gods, for bringing that to me. Yes, you can come. Okay, cool. We're going to find Larry. And the last one is called the Severed Hand Ghost. She threw herself out a window after cutting off her own hand with industrial scissors. I have two problems with that. I have a lot of problems with that. (laughs) One, what a big overreaction. And two, I've seen industrial scissors. You didn't cut your whole hand off. No, and as someone who regularly cuts through bone for a living... That must be so weird to say. You didn't use industrial scissors to cut off your hand. You was a liar. You had a saw with something. You should say that again. As I'm somebody <laughs> who regularly cuts through bones for a living. I'm just saying. KK. I, I speak from experience. Okay. Also, poet and writer Dylan Thomas, who you may know, like, do not go gentle into that good night. Doesn't ring a bell. You know it. We know it. <laughs> he died at the Chelsea and his ghost is spotted in and around room 205. And when people like this pass away in these places, I always wonder if people see them and are like, oh my God, I'm such a huge fan. Thank you so much for hunting me tonight. <laughs> it would be nice just to be like, uh-huh, bye. Hey, <laughs> like, can we get a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> no one will believe you were here. Six. Also on our list at number six, the Roman Colosseum. Across four centuries, the Colosseum witnessed between half a million and a million murders of slaves, criminals, and prisoners of war. They killed and were killed, all for the public's entertainment. I feel like the Roman Colosseum is like a how-to guide for creating just like a (laughs) hell basket of angry ghosts. It absolutely is. It's like step one. (laughs) Sprinkle a little um, death, murder, for entertainment purposes, of people way less fortunate than you, yeah, just yeah. a couple dashes, right? In yeah, there. throw some angry lions eating people. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, Emperor Vespasian wanted to please the public after their dastardly emperor Nero was gonzo. He was done. He was ready to start anew. <laughs> the Colosseum was built at the former site of Nero's palace, and before its completion, Vespasian died of diarrhea. <laughs> I have no words. It's just yucky. I have no words. And his friends, who should go down in history as the greatest friends ever to live on this earth. It's true. Held him upright as he defecated into death. Isn't that just like... I'm sorry. Death is not funny. I'm no, not laughing no. at death. Defecation is like, kind of funny. Those are some like ride or die friends. Like get you some friends like yeah. that. It was believed an emperor should not die lying down. I don't know if standing up that way is any better. Of course it is. (laughs) Well, the Colosseum was finished in 80 CE, but many believe it is cursed. Ooh. Ooh. So it withstood many natural disasters, including lightning strikes, fires, and earthquakes. Oh, my. Oh, my. I think that's just good structure. I think it's good structure and like maybe there's like some rubber going around it somewhere that's hidden i don't know it's just well built the most common scene operation is that of a lone soldier guarding the entrance oh someone should be like you can go home you can go home because we're we're gonna come in and out as we please your shift's over it's okay it's been over for a little while we don't pay overtime for the (laughs) afterlife there are also reports of moans screams your typical cold patches in the air Floating orbs of light, of course. Of course. You know, your typical ghoulish cheering from the stands <laughs> and growls of long gone lions and tigers and perhaps bears. Oh, my. Again, oh, my. I love the ghoulish cheering. What do you think that would sound like? I feel like I don't even know. What would it, it would be like? Go team. <laughs> I feel like you, this is going to be me making a dad joke. I think they would just always say, boo (laughs) that's a very good dad (laughs) joke i love it another apparition is emperor claudius's unfaithful wife messalina who was forced to die by suicide is said to haunt the area looking for a new lover and pinch in the booties of male tourists everywhere get it girl in the afterlife i love that she took death as like an opportunity to like just keep shooting her shot yeah This is incredible so far. <laughs> I can't. The Colosseum is just—it's—it's it's a bucket of laughs. If I'm not pinching <laughs> booties in the afterlife, I'm not there. You're not being you. No. I mean, I love Lizzie Borden. Yep, that of course. was fun because we've experienced it. Mm-hmm. And then Leap Castle, I love. Yeah, because it's very metal, and yeah. you would love to put somebody in a. What was it called again? Oubliette. Oubliette. Yes, I would love that. What do you think is up next? I don't know, but I'm excited.
0: Five.
1: All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of haunted crime scenes. Next up, the Villisca Axe Murder House in Vallisca, Iowa. On a brutal night in 1912, the Moore family was axed to death in their beds. No one inside the house survived the night, and the murders remain unsolved to this day. This one just makes me feel so creeped out. I've heard it so many times, and every time I get the chills. It's icky. I don't like it. Yeah, it's a really upsetting one. And also, the victims were not just the parents and the four kids, which would be horrific enough. Right. Brutal in and of itself. But there were also two other victims that were two kids who were sleeping over that night. They were their kids' friends. This is why I hate sleepovers. Mm Mm-hmm. They were all bludgeoned in the face multiple times and the father josiah moore was hit over 30 times like obviously that's personal that's personal and hit in the face when you're trying to like destroy people's faces yep something's there Mm -hmm. some psychological is going on you're you're feeling spiteful we need to look in your brain an axe was believed to have belonged to josiah moore and i think that's what was used it was left at the scene that's weird that they just were like They left a lot of weird things at this scene. You'll see in a second. I I think I remember. Yeah, the killer hung cloths over the mirrors and then covered the faces of the dead with sheets, closed the curtains. Ready? Uh Laid out raw bacon. Yup. And then washed the blood off his hands after doing everything. And never cooked the bacon. Why raw bacon? I tried so hard to like wrap my brain. I was like, what does it mean? It shows that he has self-control to not cook the bacon, but that's all. (laughs) That's it. That's all it is. That's the only self-control he has. It was very, like, Red Dragon-ish because, like, he, like, covered the mirrors. He didn't want to look at himself after what he'd done kind of thing. I don't know why that's the part that scares me the most. Because it's a weird, like, dichotomy. It's like a psychological thing. Because then he covered their faces so they wouldn't look at him. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. Not sure about the bacon, though. I I can't get around that. I don't get it. Maybe he was not a breakfast person. Uh, So this was a friendly small town. So we all know what that means way back when. Curious onlookers came traipsing through and destroyed much of the crime scene. You know, it was a major story. It was everywhere in all the papers. And this is always the case in the early 1900s. And like before that, people would just come like dancing through crime scenes with their kids, their dog. So there were suspects—not actual suspects, but like kind of like maybe there's a them. Perhaps one of them was a transient serial killer. Boring. The second one was a creepy traveling preacher. Here for it. The third one was a state senator who ordered a hit after discovering Mr. Moore's affair with his daughter. I've heard it before. Scandalous. I dig that. But I feel like it's way too brutal for that. It is. Definitely too brutal. It doesn't make sense. No, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know which one makes sense, to be quite honest. I feel like the creepy traveling preacher makes the most sense because a preacher could never look at themselves killing someone. True. You would think. Or the transient serial killer who just that's his way, I guess. Well, the house was restored and is open for tours. We have to go. Post-Rona. I was going to say, add it to the Rona plan. Add it to the Rona playlist. Uh, Visitors report strange sounds, they feel like a heavy presence, and they definitely feel spirits. They say you can also play with the kids, I think, there. Oh, yeah, you can like roll a ball. And they'll roll it back. You're right, that is a thing. That is a thing. (gasps) Uh, What's weird is the town may actually be named after local Sac and Fox tribes term, Waliska. Which means evil spirit. Now yeah. that feels like a bad beginning to a town. Uh-huh. Personally, I've never created a town. But my advice <laughs> no. to anybody thinking of creating a town is maybe don't name it after something like objectively bad, like evil spirits or like shits creek. It's just yeah, like anything like that. Like maybe stray away from it. Four. Landing at number four this week is the Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Hotel's long, dark history stretches back to the 1920s, but it's best known for two things, its central location in downtown Los Angeles and the mysterious death of Elisa Lamb. The podcast research gods heard our rally cry. They absolutely did. <laughs> they did. Well, in 2013, Lamb was found dead in the hotel's water tank after guests had complained of strange tasting water. Yucko. Ew. The death was alleged a suicide, but the tank was closed and the body was found naked. So it's like, yeah. How did she get in there? How did she close the tank? Mm -hmm. How did she open the tank? I feel like opening it would be super difficult. And if you're already down in there, you can't close it. No. So come on. It just doesn't make any sense. Also that strange tasting water thing, that's disgusting. It destroys my delicate sensibilities. I don't care if you have a Brita filter or what you have, don't drink out of the tap. No, corpse water is not okay. No, never while well, security footage shows erratic behavior before Lamb died. No one else was known to be present, but she seems to be, like, hiding from someone, something, a murderer, a ghost. I don't know. Mm. There was also, this is crazy, I actually never heard this part before. There was a tuberculosis outbreak in the area, like, around LA Skid Row in 2013. And it's ironic because TB spreads through dirty water and the test to detect TB is called Lamb Elisa. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And the podcast research gods just dashed that in there. They just like tossed that on the pile. Like, here you go. It was like, ooh, a little garlic to that. Wow. Isn't that weird Now I'm gonna obsess over that. Me too. Other legends say that the Black Dahlia had her last drink in the hotel bar. I say that, me too. I want that to be true. Absolutely. One guest threw her newborn baby out the window. It's just rude. Other suicides, quote unquote, have evidence suggesting that the victims were actually pushed. Hmm. The Cecil Hotel was home at one point to serial killers Richard Ramirez and Jack Unterweger in 1985 and 1991, respectively. Ramirez's ghost allegedly wanders the halls, and you can definitely smell that dude coming from a (laughs) mile away. I was saying the same thing. I was like, that dude reeked in life. Can you imagine what he smells like in there? Yeah, like Mountain Dew and rancid Skittles. Just halitosis, punching you in the face. Oh, disgusting. Gross. After killing, he would leave his bloody clothes in the Cecil's dumpster and just return to his room in his underwear. Very casual. Apparently, the bellhop didn't care. The front desk clerk was like, hey, what's up? Richie? What's going on? You need clean sheets? The Cecil staff has some answers to give us. (laughs) Nobody batted an eye. Yeah. And after Ryan Murphy based American Horror Story Hotel on the Cecil, they're really strict about visiting tourists, but it still operates as a two-star Quote, stay on Maine. Oh, fancy. That's why nobody was worried. It's a two star. A two star. You know, Hotel was one of my favorite seasons. It was a really good one. It's not my favorite, but it's a good one. Because James Patrick March was after H.H. Holmes. And also Lady Gaga is everything right in this world. So true. Three. Number three on our list, the Tower of London. If you haven't seen it, it's not really a tower. It's a full-blown castle in the middle of the city of London. They're just humble, that's all. Yeah, it's a little tower. It's also one of the most haunted places in Europe, after spending hundreds of years as a royal prison and execution site. That's never good. William the Conqueror allegedly built it to inspire fear almost a thousand years ago. And I say... He was a success. That was always such a thing back in the day. Like they built their their castles and their homes to, to ignite fear. Yeah. Or it's like um, Vlad, Vlad the, Impaler. the Impaler. Yeah. He was sticking people's heads on pikes just to be like, you should be scared of that. And that <laughs> will do it. And it works. Yes. For about 600 years, the tower was also a menagerie. Ooh. Visitors and guards have reported seeing the ghost of a bear. Which I think is adorable. I was gonna say, that's just plain old adorable. You're right. We were talking about it earlier. It sounds like a child's book, The Menagerie Bear. Like the, it's like (laughs) the ghost, the ghost of the dead (laughs) menagerie bear. (laughs) A bedtime story. A bedtime story. After Edward IV died, his 12 and nine year old sons were locked in the tower. They disappeared, and later in 1674, two tiny skeletons in a wooden box were found in there. Ooh. Their uncle, King Richard III, is suspected of murdering them so he could ascend to the throne in their place. The case is the princes in the tower, in case you might have heard it in passing... We covered it on Morbid. TBT. The ghosts of these two princes are spotted holding hands with each other. That ruins In me. In the tower. That's yeah. the cutest thing ever. The whole story is just like a couple of my other ones. Very Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's like when Jamie just tosses Bran out the window. The things I do for love. Except Bran lives. He does. He's fine. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's the first fucking episode. It's been a while. You should know by now. <laughs> <laughs> both a home for royalty and a prison. Ambo Lynn stayed here. Both while preparing for her 1533 coronation and her 1536 execution (laughs) how times change talk about a high and a low (laughs) supposedly Anne still wanders around the tower and she's carrying something do you know what she's carrying no her severed head Oh, I mean, I'm like what else is she going to do with it? Yeah, I would carry my severed head if I was in her shoes. I'd be throwing it at people. I'd be pissed. you also have to see where you're going. You do, so you got to hold it out so there she it can is. see. It reminds me of Return to Oz, The Great Mombi. She has all the severed heads and, you know, maybe I'm the only I one. I think you just was <laughs> yourself. Somebody watched The Return to Oz. I did not. The Great Mombi, look it up. It's great. Another alleged ghost is Elizabeth the 1st cousin, Arabella Stewart she starved to death after she was arrested for marrying without royal permission. How that dare seems her. seems like a big leap. Yeah, how dare her Like though? your first one. Yeah, a big leap. A castle, ch- if you will. In more recent deaths, German spies were executed here in the 20th century. Oh, wow. It's kind of like another Colosseum like, manual on how to create angry ghosts. Yes, definitely. That was definitely the Tower of London. So, so far, the two biggies have been like the Tower of London and the Coliseum. Absolutely. Okay. Those are definitely haunted crime scenes. <laughs> and those are, like you said, it's like the script on how to make a haunted crime scene. They do their job. They do. They do it right. I'm happy to see the Cecil on here. I was waiting for the Cecil. I knew it had to be on here. But now we've hit everything that I was thinking of. So I'm like, what is happening? So there's one that I have next that I knew was going to be on here. Yeah, I knew mine. I knew, but I want to know what yours is. Well, let's do it. I want to know. 2. The runner-up spot on our countdown of haunted crime scenes, New Orleans' LaLaurie Mansion. Ah. The LaLauries were popular Creole socialites on the outside, but inside their home, Dr. and Madame LaLaurie brutalized and killed their enslaved servants. This tale is wild. And it's another American horror story on my list, which I love. And it's my favorite season. True. That's a good season. Some tales may be exaggerated legends, but they're based in fact. She really did abuse her slaves to keep them from rebelling against her and probably for her own sick needs, I feel like. Oh, yeah. So gross. So a brave cook caught on to what was going on and set the kitchen on fire in hopes to free some of the enslaved people upstairs. Oh. So sad. That's so sad. Firefighters and police were alerted to the 19th century House of Horrors and they found people and unfortunately, old corpses chained up. This I can't. We're going to get dark. It's real rough one person's skin was peeled to resemble a caterpillar (gasps) another had their bones broken and reset to look like a crab that's a nightmare one person was found alive but had her intestines knotted around her waist outside of her body i don't even know how that's possible but that's terrifying and also how do you make somebody look like a crab like how do you know how to do that yeah that takes a certain kind of person to know that that's dark Obviously, these tortured souls came back as ghosts. Yeah. One famed ghost, Leah, jumped off the roof to escape LaLaurie's abuse, which is so sad. That's really sad. At least she just, like, jumped off and was like, see you later yeah. before anything too bad happened. Well, that's that's bad. <laughs> that's real bad. The LaLauries buried her in the backyard. The home on 1140 Royal Street is in the middle of the city, and it was later converted to apartments. What? Where I feel like the (laughs) rent should be like dirt cheap. I'd be like, I'll pay 80 bucks a month. It should be free. Yeah. (laughs) Live here if you'd like. If you can stay here. In 1894, one tenant was murdered in his apartment. I feel like it's just like good practice to never move into a place where like humans were kept as possessions and maybe like turned into crab people. Definitely not. Don't move in there. Put that at the top of your list of I don't Don't want that in the house. (laughs) What I don't want in my home. And like I said, another American horror story inspiration featured in Coven Season, which is the best season. That's a great season. Also, fun fact, Nicolas Cage actually bought the building in 2007 with plans to write the next Frankenstein or Dracula. That doesn't surprise me on any level because Nicolas cage also has a tomb in the saint louis cemetery one yeah. in new orleans he like bought like this weird pyramid tomb he did i didn't know he that. did it's just waiting for him he also has a very heavy metal son he does and it's very strange it's a fun meme <laughs> it's fun well the plan never panned out it does <laughs> maybe he got too spooked and he eventually just sold the building Ah, nick One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 haunted crime scenes. The Amityville Horror House. I knew that had to be on here. Of course it had to be. Though it's best known for the horror film franchise it inspired, the house was the site of six real homicides. At 3 a.m. on November 13th, 1974, Ron DeFeo Jr. used his 35 caliber rifle to murder both his parents and his four siblings. Ugh, so terrifying, this entire case. And I feel like that gets, like, pushed aside for, like, the ghost stuff. Yeah, it does, which is really annoying. Yeah, the actual case is horrifying. (laughs) I think it's even scarier than, like, what they say happens. Absolutely it is. The next year after the murders, the Lutz family bought the house for a bargain. I wonder why. Got it for a song. And they got uh, a lot more than they bargained for, according to them. They moved out after only a month and they said that it was haunted the entire time. Well, yeah, I feel like you should have expected that. And they left all their stuff. Like they just dipped, which is always like really scary when people just leave all just their abandoned. stuff and just leave. Like yeah. they were like, I'm not even going back to get that. Because, you know, they saw something. The Luxes reported things like strange odors, some cold spots, and they saw green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes. Did that turn out to be not true, though, the slime? I'm not really sure. To me, it just seems like bad insulation can explain for a lot of that. (laughs) And then, like, a mold problem, maybe? (laughs) Green slime, a mold problem. A mold problem. Well, a priest bless the house. And he said he heard a voice scream, Get out!" just like that. And it had an accent as well. Yes. And he warned the Lutzes not to let anyone sleep in that room. I feel like that's just self-explanatory. Yeah, just like, don't sleep in this house. Don't sleep in the murder room. Don't do it. Well, DeFeo also claimed he heard voices the night he killed his family. This could be a defense tactic, and it likely is. DeFeo's story keeps changing. And he attempted to plead insanity during his trial. DeFeo's different stories involved his mom, his sister, and his sister's friends as accomplices. And in the end, DeFeo was convicted of all six murders. He was just desperate, that's all. He definitely was. A book was published about the Lutz's experiences in the house in 1977. But there's been major controversy over any of it being true. Yeah, because I've heard that they kind of embellished a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it still spawned 10 Hollywood movies about it, but (laughs) just a couple. I'm going to be real. I think they're liars. And I think the book and the films are fun. So thanks for that, Lutzes. But do you think it's like at least a little haunted? I'm sure it's a little haunted, but I don't think green ooze came out of the wall. I think they also said that if you looked up at a certain window, you could see like a pig with like yeah. red eyes staring at. And like, I really feel yeah. like that takes it too far. They took it too far. Yeah. They just, you know, if you're gonna lie, don't lie that hard. Just lie a little. And it's the famous eye windows that everybody knows. But in 1979, the Lutzes' former lawyer, William Weber, claimed he and the couple invented the tale quote, over many bottles of wine. Sounds like a fun night. Sounds legit. I definitely agree with number one. I agree with number one, but I also think maybe number two could have been number one. Yeah, I mean, I think so, but I think maybe it's because some of it may have been exaggerated over time, so maybe they're not, but The DeFeo stuff, like, that's legit. Yeah, that is legit. Yeah. The murders. Honestly, either one of them could have been number one. I feel like it was like tied. It's a tie. I don't think they left anything off, though. I can't think of anything. Can you? I can't think of any haunted crime scenes that I have... That I know of. Yeah, I can't. I think they did a great job. All the ones I could think of were right here. High fives. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. And remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of all these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify, where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at ParCast on Facebook and Instagram and at ParCast Network on Twitter. And you know what? If you like us, which I hope you do, hello, friend. You can follow our other podcast, Morbid Podcast, on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at Amorbid Podcast. And you can find us anywhere to listen to. And we hope you keep it weird until next Monday. Do it. Bye. Crime Countdown was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kevin McAlpine. Produced by John Cohen, Jonathan Ratliff, Maggie Admire, and Kristen Acevedo. Crime Countdown stars Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart.
0: To hear more passionate takes on true crime deep cuts, follow Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. Listen free and follow on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.